Hey there, this is RCCG The Oasis, and you're listening to Oasis On The Go. The Oasis is a house of refreshment for a generation hungry and thirsty for the presence, power, and the love of God. Now, let's get into today's sermon. This word the Lord gave me for you, and so I'm just going to go straight into it. Pastor Uche began to steal some of it. So the good thing is the one he has spoken, believe it. I can now focus on some other things. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's go to Acts 4, verse 29. Acts 4, verse 29. Acts 4, 29. It says, now they were threatened. Uh, Peter, John, when they healed the man, you know, the man that was crippled from his mother's womb, they healed him. And so the authorities were, were jealous. And so they threatened that they should not preach anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. They threatened. So how can you tell apostles not to preach again? They might as well die. So they couldn't stop preaching. So what they did was they went to their own companions, reported what the chief priests had said, and then they lifted up their voice to God, magnified God, and then prayed. And this is amazing. Look at what they prayed. It said, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. In other words, we're going to speak your word. We have to. We don't have a choice. What we need now is what? Boldness. Boldness. Grant to your servant by stretching out your hand to heal. In other words, what's going to give us boldness is your hand. If you stretch your hand to heal, to manifest, we will be bold. Glory to Jesus. He says, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now watch this. When they had praised, prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, we marvel when people fall under the power and they shake. What about one of these days when Pastor Nat is preaching and the whole building starts shaking? In some of you now, the way you're looking at me, you will run. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's amazing, right? That they asked for God's power and God sent his power so much that the whole building began to shake. And then they came out with boldness because they knew God has stretched out his hand. There's a boldness you get when you know the hand of God is with you. Is somebody here with me? This hand of God will follow you for the rest of this year. Say amen. amen. Glory to Jesus. And it's not just about ministry. It's about life. You go for your business and the hand of God is with you. Don't forget it's that same hand that grants us favor with men. Say amen. amen. And grants us favor with the rest of creation. The hand of God. Someone say the hand of God. Now, this hand of God, this hand of God is a reference to the power of God. It's a reference to the power of God. And the purpose of the power of God is to help us enforce our dominion. You know, we have a dominion mandate from the, from the Genesis. Man fell, Jesus came and restored the mandate. So we're supposed to dominate in every field of endeavor. We're supposed to dominate. The Bible says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. So we're supposed to dominate Anywhere you find yourself, you're supposed to dominate. That's why the Bible says we're head and not tail. 
All right? That's not just a good statement. That's an assignment. You are supposed to be head and not tail. You are supposed to be above and not what? Beneath. Glory to Jesus. All right? So the purpose of the power of God is to help us enforce our dominion. That is to help us fulfill our dominion mandate. The operation of this power, watch this now. This is what I want to focus on. The operation of this power requires the wisdom of God. To operate the power of God, you need the wisdom of God. To move the hand of God in a way that it becomes beneficial to you, you need the wisdom of God. Glory to Jesus. We are never to separate the wisdom of God from his power. Or else you will use his power foolishly. It is possible to be very anointed but foolish. It is possible to misuse the power of God because you lack the wisdom of God. Is somebody here with me? We must bring that balance because using the hand of God becomes very necessary, especially in these last days. The contention is serious. Hallelujah. There's a serious contention. The hand of evil has raised up itself. Now we must demonstrate the hand of God. In this generation, they must see the hand of God. Say amen, somebody. So we must grow in wisdom. Say amen. amen. Let me show you. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. Is there no chapter 2? All right. All right, I'm going to use that one. I think one is on. All right. It says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Let me repeat myself. It says, go back to that verse, verse four. It says, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Somebody say human wisdom. You see, there's human wisdom and then there's divine wisdom. So he's saying, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, that demonstration of the spirit actually means demonstration of the wisdom of the spirit. So you're not just demonstrating the power of the Spirit. We're to demonstrate the wisdom of the Spirit. Glory to God. So, so when we demonstrate, it's not just power. Power is important. But we also demonstrate the personality of God. Does that make sense? Glory, which is the wisdom of God. All right? So let's go to the next verse. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Next verse. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Look at what it says. It says we speak what? Wisdom among those who are mature. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. Amen. 
wisdom. Someone say wisdom. I want to talk about wisdom for some time. And I want to show you here because it says, it doesn't just talk about wisdom. It says we speak wisdom. There's something about speaking wisdom. I'm going to show you that demonstrating the spirit and power, right, is not just about manifesting power. It's about speaking wisdom. Speaking wisdom is connected to the manifestation of power in your life. We have to learn how to speak wisdom. Glory to Jesus. Let me show you something. We'll come back, we'll come back to, to, to this scripture, but let me show you. Go to Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Mark 6 and 1. You see, you guys are so used to having the scripture on the screen that now that you cannot see the scripture, some of you are looking confused. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we get it back on the screen by any chance? Is it possible? So we carry everybody along. Can we do that? Okay, we just go on. All right, all right, fine. All right, Mark 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Next verse, watch this. See, I can't see that now. It's, it's too small. It's too small. Maybe I can get somebody to read for me. Maybe that'll work better. Can I get somebody with a microphone to help me read? It might work better. <clears throat> You have to use a microphone, all right? We're looking at, I'm reading Mark 6 and 1, all right? Mark 6, 1, all right? Then he went out from there, yes. and came to his own country. Yes. And his disciples followed him. Yes. And when the Sabbath had come, yes. he began to teach in the synagogue. Yes. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, yes. Yes. Where did this man get these things? Mm. And what wisdom is this which is given to him mm. that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Uh, stop, stop, watch this. Notice what it says. It says, what wisdom is this given to him that mighty works are performed by his hands? Which means the works he performed, he did it by what? Wisdom. Does that make sense? So the power he manifested he manifested the power, but he used the wisdom of God to manifest it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when you see Jesus, when Jesus was manifesting power, you could look at him and, and understand this man is not just trying, it's not trial and error. This man knows what he's doing, all right? He understands how to use this power and he's manifesting the wisdom of God. Not just that, they must have heard him say something. Do you know that every time Jesus manifested something, most of it, 99% of the time, he spoke as well. What did he speak? Wisdom. Let me give an example. You meet a man with a withered hand, all right? And then you tell the man to stretch out his hand. You didn't tell the man to stretch out the good hand. You told him to stretch out the withered hand. It looks foolish, but that is the wisdom of God. Is somebody here with me? Because God calls things that be not as though they are. Are you getting my point? So Jesus would speak. And when he would speak, then he would, he would demonstrate power. But his speech was connected to the manifestation of the power. This is a missing part in our lives to a large extent. People are just moving, not realizing that your speech is very important. You're not getting the full manifestation because you have not spoken as you should have spoken. Say amen. amen. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
All right? So, let's, okay, good, good. All right, says, all right, all right. Go back, go, go back to verse, verse 3, verse 3. Go back to verse 3, let me show you, verse 3. Okay, all right. He began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were stunned, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this? which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands. That's amazing. In other words, the wisdom that he used was directly connected to what? The miracles that he did. Does that make sense? There was a connection between the wisdom that he operated by and the miracles that he did. He didn't just do miracles. He did miracles by wisdom, by the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. All right, now let's go to, go, go, go to Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. What do I mean by wisdom? What is the wisdom of God? What is the wisdom of God? Let me, let me make it easy for you. Let me summarize it. Wisdom, as it is used here, is a reference to divine perspectives and divine realities. Finish. In other words, how God sees something. Does that make sense? How God is seeing it. Men might see it differently, but what we need is how God sees it. And then... When you understand how God sees it, and then the other aspect of wisdom is what God says about it. Glory. Does that make sense? How God sees it, then what God says about it. Once you have what God says about it, you have the wisdom of God. Amen. And the wisdom of God will seem like foolishness to the ordinary mind. But you need to go back to what God sees about this. What's God's perspective? Once I have found God's perspective, I'm, I'm good. Once I have found what God has said about something, I'm settled. Glory to God. Actually, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons why you have a Bible, why the Bible is inspired and you have a Bible like this, which contains the word of God. One of the reasons is so that you can have access to God's wisdom. Because God's word reflects his thinking. Does that make sense? So once you, have, once you have his word, you have his wisdom. Amen. And he gives you his wisdom. Don't forget what we saw in 1 Corinthians. That we, and we, that we speak wisdom among those who are mature. We speak it. Why do we speak it? Why not just accept it? Why not just keep quiet? It's important for you to voice what God has voiced. Now let me show you. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor what? Forsake you. Did you get that? Look at the next verse. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Go back again. Let me show you. I'm going to give you a principle here. I'm just going to remove what God said and what you say. So you catch the principle. Look at the principle. For he himself has said, now jump everything and go to the next line. So we may boldly say. Did you get it? Why did he say it? So you can have something to say. Do you see what I'm saying? He has said it 
so that you can have something to say. Because what he has said is called wisdom. And God wants us among those who are mature to what? Speak what? Wisdom. So you go, once you find out what God has said, start saying it. Come on, somebody. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't go into all kinds of arguments and opinions. Everybody has opinion. It's not opinion that will save you when you're in a crisis. Hallelujah. It is the word of God, which is, which is the expression of his wisdom. Don't forget, the wisdom of God is based on his insight, his foresight, and his oversight. God knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. So if God says you have been healed by the stripes of Jesus, he knows why he has said it. If you are wise, you just repeat what God said. Say amen. amen. That is called speaking wisdom. Amen. So he has said, now watch this. Look, look at that. Go, go back to the scripture. Go back. Let me show you. I love this. It says, for he himself has said, jump, j- jump to the next verse, so that we may walk bold. There's a boldness. There's a boldness when you know God has said it. Are you with me here? You don't just say, you say with boldness because you know what God has said. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So we have to get to that place of boldness where we speak the wisdom of God with boldness. How? Find out what God has said. Find out the wisdom of God and speak it. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4 again. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. Hallelujah. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in what? Demonstration of the spirit and of power. That demonstration of the spirit, like I told you, means demonstrating the wisdom of the spirit. All right? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Next verse. However, we do what? We speak wisdom. We speak wisdom. Glory to God. We speak wisdom. Somebody say, I speak wisdom. Tell your neighbor, from now on, the only thing you hear me say is wisdom. May I will not join you to speak foolishness. It's true now. It's true. Because people, people put pressure on you to join them in their foolishness. Amen. How can you say you have been healed by the stripes of Jesus? Look at you. You are shaking with fever. What does he want me to say now? When the Bible tells me I was healed by the stripes of Jesus, so what should I say? That I'm dying and I will die. So that's foolishness. You understand my point? So when I speak truth, what am I speaking? Wisdom. And truth is permanent. Facts will change. So when you go to, yeah, when you go to the hospital, what the doctor gives you is a fact. Go back to the word. What God gives you is called truth. And truth is wisdom. Hallelujah. So when I go back to God's word and I get the wisdom of God, I am to say it. I have found out what he has said. With boldness, I must say what God has said. I must speak wisdom. And when I speak wisdom, the power of God follows my words. Amen. Are you, are you getting my point? Glory to Jesus Christ. So, I want us to focus on speaking wisdom. I want to show you five dimensions of speaking wisdom. Because I, I found out that 
Pastor Nata, I found out that if we can get it right in the area of our words, honestly, we will get it right in, the, in our lives. Once we get our words right, you know, the thing about God you have to understand is God is a speaking God. Do you know that God doesn't do anything without speaking? Look how he started the creation. If you read Genesis 1, you'll be amazed how many times, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God called, and God called. He, he, he spoke creation into existence. And we're supposed to be like him. Imitate God as dear children. So, like father, like son. Say amen. amen. Like father, like daughter. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at the life of Jesus. Look how Jesus continuously spoke. Hallelujah. Even when there was a crisis, right? When there was a crisis and they were in a boat and there was a terrible storm and they woke him up. How did he fix the problem? Words. What did he say? Peace. Why did he say peace? I'm going to show you. He was speaking wisdom. Be still. Amen. That is what it means to dominate. We cannot dominate outside the power and the wisdom of God. And when it comes to wisdom, we have to learn how to speak it. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give you five dimensions of speaking wisdom. Five dimensions of speaking wisdom. Number one, calling. C-A-L-L-I-N-G. Calling. Calling. Romans 4, verse 16. Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who have the law, but also to those who have faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Next verse. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed, God, who gives life to the death and to the dead and Call, someone say calls, those things which do not exist as though they did. He calls them. Let me have, uh, Pastor Uche, please come. Just stand there at that, that corner. Yeah, just there, all right? This is what we're going to do. You see, I'm going to draw a line here, an imaginary line. See, from here, right? On this side is a realm of the spirit, and on this side is the natural. Now, it says, go back to the scripture. Let me show you. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they what? They did. Now, when it says they don't exist, he means they don't exist yet. Where? In the natural. In the natural. But he calls them as though they did. Why? They exist. They exist. But where are they? In the spirit. They are spiritual realities. They are divine realities. Settled by God himself. Especially in this covenant, the blood of Jesus has settled realities for us. So they exist. But they are where? In the spiritual realm. And we want to see them where? In the natural realm. So what do we do? We call them. Uche, come. Uche, come. Uche, come. Finish. He's now manifested. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What did I do? I called. We must learn how to call. When the Bible says you call things that be not as though they, you are calling it. 
You are calling your healing. You are calling the money. Oh my God, oh my God. You are calling it. <clears throat> so if you understand what I'm saying, now stop, Uche, just stop. Imagine, when I call, Uche, come. Just take five steps and stop. Uh-huh. Do you know that some people, because they call the first time and they didn't see manifestation, they assume that Uche doesn't exist. But he's existing. He's, he's actually coming. He's coming. Uche, come. He's coming or he's coming. I've not yet seen a manifestation, but he's coming. Now watch this. How fast he comes, and if he eventually comes, is not dependent on God anymore. It's me. I'm the one. If I believe it that he's coming, and I'm steadfast, and I hold on to it, I will call him till he comes. Because I believe he exists. But if I'm not sure, if I'm shaky, I'm not sure, I will call the first time, nothing. Hey, then I will change my word. I'll say, Kai, I thought Uche was even uh, around. Uche doesn't do, there's, there's no Uche, there's no Uche. So when I say there's no Uche, Uche, I talk to my guy, just go Uche. Hallelujah. Because I didn't understand that when you call, you are calling from the spiritual into the natural. You are calling something that exists. It exists. Your healing has been settled. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your prosperity has been settled. Your good success has been settled. Do you understand? Your destiny has been settled. So you are calling it, you're calling factors in to the natural by faith. They exist. If you understand what I'm saying, uh, you will keep your, your words single. You will not shift what you said. You will shift. Because you know it exists. And I'm going to say it. And if I enter because my mind, I will say it again. Until it comes in. Come and clap your hands for Pastor Uche. <laughs> Pastor Uche, you're not married yet, huh? Are you married? No, sir. I'm hoping that somebody will start calling you now. <laughs> the problem is, if many are calling you at the same time, I don't know where you will go. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> calling. We must learn how to call things that be not as though they are, because they are. They are in another realm. But you call them into manifestation. Number one, calling. Number two, commanding. Commanding. It's time to command. Glory to God. Commanding. Go to Luke 4, verse 1. Luke 4, verse 1. <clears throat> then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Next verse. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, in those days he ate nothing. Afterward, when, when they had ended, he was hungry. Now watch this. Next verse. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. It's amazing. The devil understands the authority of the sons of God. More than the sons of God. The devil knows the sons of God have the authority to command like their father. That's why it says, if you are the son of God, command. Now, that means he had the ability to command it. But he didn't want to command it. Why? Because you are not supposed to be led by the devil. Do you get my point? So, so this is where the wisdom of God comes in. So I'm not operating by Satan's wisdom. 
Because if you're prayed by Satan's wisdom, you will misuse the power of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when I prayed by the wisdom of God, then I won't just do things recklessly. I will be led by the Spirit. But we have the authority to command. Yes. Actually, we have the authority of God himself. We have the, that's why we have the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus means that we have the authority of God at our disposal. So yes, we can command. But we don't just command. We do it by God's wisdom. Say amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, this word here, see that word? Go back to the scripture. Let me show you something. See, this word command, right? Is the word lego. L-E-G-O. Someone say L-E. G-O. There's a reason I want you to take note of that word. All right? Go to Mark 11, 23. Mark 11:23. 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, see that word says, it's the same word, Lego. So the better translation would have been what? Whoever commands this mountain. It's not negotiation. See, sometimes we're negotiating too much with life. And we're negotiating too much with Satan. It's not negotiation. It's command. And the wisdom is not just in the reality, but also in the command. Listen, guys. You don't pray about something that God gave you authority over. You don't pray about it again. There are things we are praying about, we should be praying about. Amen? There are things you address. It's like saying, Lord, come and heal me. Come and heal me. Come and heal me. He will say, I already healed you now. I healed you over 2,000 years ago. I healed you. So what do I do? Enforce it. Enforce your healing. How? With words. Command the sickness to go. Oh my God. Am I in the house? You understand what I'm saying? You will get quick results that way. Command it to go. You don't pray about demons. Oh, Lord, come and deliver me. Come and deliver and deliver me, oh, God. Deliver me, oh, God. I have three demons in the house. No. You go home. You go home tonight and say, enough is enough. Every single one of you, at the count of three, evacuate. Evacuate. You command. You see, that's the language they understand. They don't mind you playing all these religious games. But when you face them and you start commanding them, they start backing off. Glory to Jesus. Go back to that scripture, Mark eleven twenty three. Watch this. Just we're going to change the word "says" to "command." For surely, as I I say to you, whoever says, whoever commands this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he commands will be done, he will have whatever he what commands. Wow! Wow! Praise the Lord. Some of you need to start commanding money. Oh. Yes. Oh. You have done what you can do in the natural. You have done your best. Oh. It's time to command money. Oh. Ogazagi. Oh. <laughs> Bible says money answers. Oh. Come on. If you call it to answer you. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm telling you what I do. I call it. It comes. Praise the Lord. You know, I learned this many years ago about calling money, you know. And I remember when we started at church, 
we had one particular, it was Saturday. We, we started a church in the living room, all right? So that Saturday, the Lord impressed in my heart that I need to sow a $100 seed. And we didn't have $100, but I knew what to do. So when I realized God wanted me to sow $100, he told me on Saturday, you know what I did? I began to call it in. I called the money. I called $100 seed to come into my hands. Sunday morning, don't forget, we have church in Nepal. Sunday morning, the regular people showed up, but there was an extra guy that we've not seen before. So this guy showed up. Apparently, he was toasting one of the ladies in church. <laughs> this guy came all the way from Canada because he wanted to marry this lady. So the lady pulled him to church. After we finished everything, collected all the offering, there was $100 there. Now, who put the $100? That guy. But watch this. Their relationship scattered. <laughs> he has fulfilled his assignment. <laughs> so he, he went back to Canada. <laughs> Hallelujah. God will do amazing things for you. I'm telling you. I remember, you know, when we, when we used to live in Tulsa, and we began to catch this thing about calling money. Because we needed money. Ah, we're in Tulsa for like two years. I could not walk. The visa I was given didn't allow me to walk. So I couldn't go and walk. She couldn't walk. So we had to believe God for every dime. So we learned how to believe God. So we, at one point, there was one time we had, I think we had like 36 cents left. And we didn't have much. So she decided to take the 36 cents. You know, women are better at spinning on a dime than men. Woman can take 100 naira eh, and do miracles. A man will still be trying to figure out what to do. So what happened was she now went with 36 cents to, 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 to Walmart, right? And she got the, she had my, my, my oldest boy. He was about three or so at that time. So she was just going around. So, you know, you can buy. I think she bought just bread. There was one, one loaf of bread for 36 cents back then, you know. So that was all she could buy. She put it in the cart. She put him, you know, the boy sat there so she could push him around. And then she was going to go and pay for that, you know. So right behind her, there was somebody who had packed his own food, all kinds of good things. So the guy was behind her. So there was a song we learned how to sing when I was in school. Money cometh, you know, they'll say, they'll say, money cometh to Rema Bible Church. Money cometh to Rema Bible Training Center. Money cometh to me. Then they'll play the drum. Good, 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 good. And we'll just be dancing. We'll just be dancing. Hallelujah. So we got used to that song, all right? So while she was there, about to now go and pay for the guy behind her, my son, three-year-old, began to sing. Money cometh to me. Money, come up to me. When the man heard that song, he just went, Whoa! Hey! The guy couldn't, couldn't hold himself. He said, No. He said, That boy sang that song for me. That boy sang that song for me. You know what he did? Gave my wife the full card. <laughs> paid, paid for it. And gave her the money. The money, do you understand? The extra cash, gave it to her. So when my wife came back, <laughs> I was afraid, oh. 
I said, I know that you can do wonders, so, but this is a bit. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. What I'm saying is, see, let's, let's not limit God. There's this debate. Sometimes I hear people debating whether miracle money or no. Listen, don't, don't limit God. God can do anything. If we allow him, if we, if we release our faith, God can do mighty things. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen too many times. Glory to God. You do the best you can. You do the best you can. You do the best you can, right? You do your due diligence. But there's a factor. It's called the hand of God. Yeah. And when God will stretch out his hand, it will defy natural laws. It will violate natural laws. I, I mean, can you explain how ravens will bring meat and bread for the prophet in the morning and then bring meat and bread for him in the evening? Uh-uh, ravens, carnivorous birds. How do you explain that? That's a miracle. God will do it for you. Say amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, number one is calling. Number two is what? Commanding. Number three is decree. 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 Go with me to Job 20, 20, 28. Job 2028. We're talking about speaking wisdom. Different ways to speak wisdom. Job, sorry, 22, I believe. 22, 28. Hallelujah. Is anybody excited? Let me have the original King James. The original King James. We'll come back to this. But let me have the original King James. Thou shalt also what? Decree a thing. And it shall be what? Established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now listen. What's a decree? It means that you have set something into law. In other words, when you spoke it, it became a law. From that moment, it became a law. It's called a decree. So, for instance, you have situations where in some families, people get to a certain age and they die, the men. Or they say the women don't get married. Those kind of things. Usually, what it means is that somebody passed a decree against that household. But you see, the Bible says that you shall condemn every tongue that is risen against you in judgment. In other words, when they decree against you, your decree is higher. Because you are speaking by the authority of God. You are speaking the wisdom of God. So, so when I step into that family now, I'm now saved, right? What I do is I pass a decree. From now on, nobody in this house will die prematurely. It's now a law. It's a law. That's what it means by established. Once you speak it like that, heaven establishes at a law in your family. Nobody in my family will die prematurely. Say, come on, say it. Say it. Let me hear you. 
Say, my children will live long and fulfill their destinies. What is that? Decree. It has become a law. Hallelujah. It has become a law. Even if someone gets close to death, you will notice that for them to die is difficult because of what you've said. Glory to God. This decree thing can work negatively or positively. If you don't learn the wisdom of God, it can work against you. Brother Higgin went somewhere to minister to someone. The person was in a coma. And they invited him to come and lay hands on the person and minister to the person. Right? So when he went there, he actually was about to lay hands on the person. And then the Lord spoke to him and told him, do not bother. It is too late. He has set some things in motion. It is too late to reverse it. So he stopped. So he was a bit confused. So he called the family and asked, is there anything this man did before that, that strikes you as could have been a problem? They said, yes. You see, the man was 39 and just about to become 40. And the man kept saying that I would die at 40. He kept saying it. And they used to wonder, why, why do you keep saying that? And he kept saying it. And now he was almost 40. And it was in a coma. And the man of God went to pray for him. And God said, it's too late. He has already set some laws in motion. It is too late to reverse it. Let me help you here so you understand. In your life, you are the final authority. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Even God recognizes your free moral agency. That's why some people are going to hell. But it's not the will of God. Why? They made up their minds and God cannot change it. So learn how to speak wisely. Use the wisdom of God so you don't end your life before time. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Why should you say things like motiku? What, is, what, what does motiku mean? That means I have died. Why? Because of a crisis. Be careful what you say. Listen, if you're not sure what to say, keep quiet. Does that make sense? Because your words are decrees. Your words are decrees. Hallelujah. And please don't pass a wicked decree against your spouse. So that my husband just say, he's just a useless nincompoop. As soon as you said useless nincompoop, you just see him, he will just become a useless nincompoop. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have decreed it. You have decreed it. Amen. You have set it as a law. Say amen. Number one, calling. Number two, what? Commanding. Number three, what? Decree. Go to Mark eleven twelve. Mark eleven twelve. Mark eleven twelve. Now the next day, when they had come out, out of out from Bethany, he was hungry. Next verse. And see from afar a fig tree having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Next verse. Watch this now. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. What does that mean? Decree. He passed a decree. It became a law that no one will ever eat fruit from that particular tree ever again. Because somebody decreed it. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let me help you here. When you go to the hospital, I know I'm a doctor. I used to practice. Listen, 
You go to the hospital. The doctor tells you what he should tell you, right? You go to the hospital and the doctor tells you, well, based on the prognosis of this particular case, you have only two weeks to live, right? He doesn't realize it, but he just passed out a decree. Yeah. Because who says God cannot heal you? So what you do is, don't fight with a doctor in his office. Say amen or but you know, you understand the wisdom of God. Once you leave that place, start talking. Start talking. Say, I will live long. I will live long. I will live many more years. Hallelujah. Why? You have to condemn the tongue that rose against you. Decree. Someone say decree. <clears throat> Go to 1 Kings 17 verse 1. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall, be no, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except what? At my word. What do you call this? Decree. It became a law. Until Elijah spoke, nature was going to hold the rain until Elijah came back and spoke. It was a decree. Number four. Number four. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, when we sing songs, we're supposed to make sure that the words of the song are the wisdom of God. Does that make sense? We shouldn't just sing any song. I heard about a song that they used to sing many years ago. Oh, how I wander like a beggar through the streets of this life. How many of you know that kind of song? I will not sing it. I don't know about you, but to me, I won't sing that kind of song. Glory to God. You have to be careful what you sing. Your song is meant to be what? It's meant to be a melody, but the lyrics are supposed to come from what? The wisdom of God. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We do hymns in, in church now. We sing hymns every Sunday. After the special number, they do hymns. But they will get the hymn. Some of those hymns have some words which contradict the wisdom of God. So what they do is they will take the same song, right, and make adjustments. And make sure it's in line with the wisdom of God. And so when you sing those songs, there's more, there's, there's liberty, there's liberation. Because you are singing the wisdom of God. Say amen. amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. Number five, thanksgiving. 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 Let me have the scripture. It says, go back to verse 19. Verse 19. It says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Next verse. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Next verse. Giving thanks always for all things to God. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is meant to be an expression of the wisdom of God. It's not just meant to be an emotional response. You are supposed to sing thanksgiving by singing the word of God. You thank God for his reality. Say amen. 
Hebrews 13 verse 15. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Therefore by him let us continually offer what? The sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. One of the main things, one of the main areas we should give thanks to God for is his reality. The realities of God, the finished work of God. Hallelujah. Not just what he has done, but what, not just what he's about to do, but what he has done. Say amen. amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Why is it we don't thank God anymore for the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah. Thank God for redemption. Thank God that I'm saved. I'm saved. You know what it means to be saved? That means that you are saved. You were about to be destroyed, but now they saved you. Say amen. amen. Lord, I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. I thank you for, for, for this new creation. You have made me a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. I thank you. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? I thank you for a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I don't have the spirit of fear anymore. I have the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you. Glory to Jesus Christ. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You thank him for his realities. And that is using the wisdom of God in thanksgiving. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. You have pain in your body. You have symptoms. I say, Lord, I thank you because I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. Over 2,000 years ago, I was healed. I thank you because him whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. You see, I'm confessing, but it's thanksgiving. Glory to God. You see, I'm speaking wisdom even when I'm thanking God. Glory be to God. Are you getting this? All right, now let's go to Luke 5 quickly. Luke 5. Verse 17. It's time to speak. If there's ever time to speak, it is today, now. Hallelujah. It's time to speak. Glory to Jesus Christ. You know, prayer and laying on of hands, to a large extent, are powerful, okay? They will play a very important role in stirring up the power and transmitting the power. But it is what we say that determines what the power will do for us, is what you say. Luke 5, 17. It happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal. Now watch this. By the time you read this whole story, you're going to find out something. The power of the Lord was present to heal. Who? Go back. Go back. Let me show you. Pharisees, teachers of the law, were present. And the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal them. Which means many of them had sickness. Do you know the amazing thing? None of them got healed. Somebody had to come from outside to receive the healing. But the power was present to heal them. Why? Look at the next verse. Then behold, men brought on the bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And just imagine, as I'm preaching now, right? You hear one sound up here. Think about it. You hear one sound. This was a major production. Yes, now. Because how do you let down 
a stretcher with somebody on it and the man doesn't fall off. You have to balance it very well. Am I correct? So this was a major, major event. At this point, no more preaching, no more message. Everybody has stopped. Jesus has stopped and is looking up. And these guys are taking their time because as far as I'm concerned, this man must be healed today. I suspect the man is the one who's motivating them. The man is telling them, you better take me inside that place. Sir. And they said, ah, but it's difficult. man said, if, if I catch you people, yeah, <laughs> make sure I enter that place. Whatever you do, or I'll kill you outside. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So they went to the house up, let him down with his bed, threw the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Look at the next verse. When they saw their faith, now watch this. He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Next verse. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Next verse. But Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered and said, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk. I, I want to ask you that question tonight. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or rise up and walk. Help me. Which one? Somebody says, rise up and walk. Somebody say, anybody has a different answer? Your sins are forgiven you. So we have two camps. Amen? Does anybody have another answer? What's your answer? Both are what? Both are the same. I can't hear you. Both of them. Both of them are equal. Listen. Okay, let's try it. Say, your sins are forgiven. Say, rise up and walk. Say, your sins are forgiven you. Say, rise up and walk. Which was easier? You see these people? <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen. He didn't say which is easier to do. He said which is easier to what? Say. They're the same. They're the same. His mouth we are using, right? His tongue. Your sins are forgiving you. Rise up and walk. Bam, the same. Watch this. Watch this. Don't miss this. Next verse. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, let go, command. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, I command you, rise, take your bed and go to your house. What's he saying? Whether the power will produce forgiveness or whether the power will produce healing is all at the level of what? What you say. So that means that, yes, so that means that you shouldn't look at something and say, wow, this is too big a miracle. No. If you can say it, the power will follow what you say. The power will follow what you say. Your sins are forgiven. The power flows. Rise up and walk. The power flows. No, no, it's easier to say. It's the same thing. What's he saying? He says the expression of God's power has been reduced to what? The operation of words. Words. Are you understanding me? 
Did you get that? So what did he say? Arise, take your bed. Immediately he rose up, took up what he had been lying on, departed to his own house, glorifying God. He just took up his bed and left. Just like that. Someone said, just like that. Can it happen today just like that? It will happen tonight just like that. Let me show you. Acts 9. We use, this is last, last scripture. And I want to show you something. Acts 9 verse 36. Acts 9 36. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, let me ask you. Which is easier to say? Your headache is gone. Or your cancer is gone. It's the same. It's in our mind. Our mind is where we have the problem. That's why we have to leave our mind and speak wisdom. Some people will not say cancer, go. Because in their mind, cancer is too powerful. But if it's a headache, they'll say headache, go. Meanwhile, it's the same power. Controlled by what? What you say. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus did throughout his ministry. He will speak. Stretch out your hand. Go and show yourself to the priests. But we have leprosy. Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were healed. Do you see what I'm saying? Words. Words. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You saw, you saw the man at the pool of Bethesda, right? The man, he says, he was trying to talk to the man. The man, the man was giving all kinds of excuses. The man says, so every time I get up, before I move there, somebody else will move before me. The man had bitterness. He told the man, pick your bed and go. The man picked his bed and went. What did Jesus come to do? To introduce a new dispensation. Angels were moving the water. That's angelic power. This is different. We're now moving by the authority of God. Oh my God, is somebody here with me? Hallelujah. So you speak the wisdom of God. Watch this. Give me the scripture. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Docus. This man was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Next verse. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her, they laid her in the upper room. And since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay to, in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the, the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out. Now watch this. He knelt down and prayed. Notice, he prayed. After he prayed, Dorcas was still dead. Nothing changed. Until what? He now turned and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. Not while he prayed. But when he spoke wisdom. When he commanded. Tabitha, arise. And she arose. There's something you will get from speaking. You cannot get from prayer. Prayer will stir the power. Prayer will not produce the result you are looking for. But prayer has a role because the power needs to be stirred. Let me show you. 
Go to, go to uh, uh, James. James 5.16. Quickly, let me show you. James 5.16. After you pray, speak. After you pray, speak. Hallelujah. Don't just assume things. The power is made available when you pray. But for you to get the results you are looking for, you have to say exactly what you want. Say amen. amen. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. Go back there. Go back there. Go back. Give me amplified. Amplified. I want to show you something here. Amplified. All right. Do you have a, a, a MPC? Amplified Classic. you have it? All right, wonderful. Watch this. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes what? Tremendous power available. Watch this. Dynamic in its working. That means it can work in any direction. So you prayed. What happened? The power is made available. And the power that is made available can work in any direction. So how do I now decide which direction it will work? What you say. You see what I'm saying? It's what you say. Notice, Jesus already prayed before he came to where Lazarus was. When he came to the tomb, he didn't pray again. He said, Lazarus, come forth. What did he do? He spoke wisdom. We speak wisdom among the mature. You want to know a mature Christian? Listen, listen, listen. They will speak wisdom. They're not moved by what they see. They speak wisdom. Because many are frustrated because they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, but they didn't know they're supposed to speak. You're going for that contract, you didn't speak. But you prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to Jesus. You are believing God for a husband, but you're not speaking. You are an expert prayer. Yeah, Kasaba. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, help me, help me. I know. I need a man. I need a man. Help me, oh Lord. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me now. Will you leave me like this? No, speak it. Say, my husband is coming. I call, I call in my husband. I call in my husband. Wherever he is, I call him in. I call him in. Even if he's in Alaska. If you call him in, dynamics will shift in the spirit. Next thing you know, maybe he's working for an oil company there in Alaska. Next thing you know, they will, they will send him a message that you are being transferred to West Africa. So you are speaking, you are speaking, and they are transferring him to West Africa. Then you got discouraged. Then you started talking foolishness. Kai, I don't know, I've been waiting for husband for how many years? Lord, it's as if you have busted my side. Kai, I, even, I thought, okay, no problem. We will suffer it. 
the man that they were about to post to Nigeria or in West Africa, they moved him to Ghana. Then one day you came to church and Pastor Nathaniel was preaching. And then you remembered. You were encouraged. And he told, told you, speak the word. Don't speak doubt. Don't speak fear. Don't even speak emotion. Speak the word. And say, you remembered. I said, yes, my husband is coming. I called him in. Message reached him in Ghana. Just when he arrived two days in Ghana, they said, sorry, something happened. You have to move you to Nigeria. There's an important assignment for you in Nigeria. Glory to God. You see, it's, it's, he's coming closer. So you have to be careful what you say. Because if you say the wrong thing, you can push him. You can go to... Uh, <laughs> you, you can... <laughs> Sri Lanka. You don't want him in Sri Lanka. Praise the Lord. Then while you are speaking, speak one day, because you are speaking, one, one of your friends happens to know the brother of that guy. So, so because of your, that morning you woke up in the morning, Sunday morning, and you were full of faith. I said, my husband is on the way. I'm not moved. No worries. No worries. I trust my God. My God is able to supply all my need. That day, the guy now calls his friend says, I feel like going to church today. Where did you go to church? <laughs> then the guy brings him to church. And the guy is, a, is your friend's friend. So while they're in church, your faith is up. Your faith is up. But some people come to church and then the devil will throw a wrong thought at them. Then they'll just be depressed. Kai, hey, Lord, hey. Hey, why, oh Lord, why, why, why me, why me, why me? Why you're shouting, why me? You got a phone call. Now he needs to rush out quickly. Because of why me? Why am I, why am I in this place? So he's about to leave. He's about to go outside. He's about to find where the car is. And then the pastor said, never you give up on God. God is faithful. And then you, you, you reconsidered. And you said, Lord, I will never give up on you. I will trust you forever. While he was there about to enter the car, they told him to call him and tell him that it's a false alarm. Said, Please, no, that, uh... So he now left the car and came back. Hey, Jesus, hey. Jesus, yeah. Hallelujah. So he now came back to finish the service. Then that your friend who knows his friend. Somehow they said talking after the service. So they're talking. And then, and then you now came. And then your friend called you and you came and joined the talk. You see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And at that point, you're, you're full of faith. And when you're full of faith, glory radiates from you. So the guy, the guy looked at you and he saw glory. Hey, he couldn't remove his eyes from you. And you are radiating glory. And usually at that kind of time, eh, you have even forgotten that you are believing God for husband. You are just in faith. 
So the man is looking at you, and you're even you're not even aware that the man is even looking at you, Papa. So next thing you know, you know you're, you're just happy. You're just moving, moving away happily in the, in the glory of God. And the guy says, "Excuse me." Your words are powerful, Lord. Your words are powerful. Your words can be stout against God. They can stop the move of God. Or they can facilitate the move of God. Your words. Are you with me? Glory to Jesus. It's time to speak. It's time to speak. For the next three minutes, I want you to open your mouth. I want you to start speaking wisdom. Command. If your case is for command, command. If it's for decree, decree. Whatever it is right now, I want you to speak. Everybody's case is different. Everybody's situation is unique. Open your mouth and start speaking. It might be your marriage. It might be your business. It might be physical in your body. It might be relationship. Whatever it is, speak right now. Speak, speak, speak. Speak. Speak what you want to see between now and the end of this year. Let me hear you command. Command as a son of God. Command. Command the shifts. Command your body. Call your body healed. Call your body healed. Call your body healthy. Let me hear you. 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 Command your body. Command your business. Cancel some things. Cancel it. Cancel it. Cancel that thing. Cancel it. It has no business in your life. Cancel it. Some things must be terminated. Command a shift. Command acceleration. Command the stagnation to cease. No more stagnation. Let it be a decree. There shall never be stagnation again in my life. Be loud, be loud. Let the devil hear you. Drown the voice of Satan.
call call things in call it into your life call things that be not as though they are call it in Call it in, call it in, call it in, call it in, call it in. Call the money, call the money, call the money, call the money. Call the money. Call it in! 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 Use your mouth and call it in! Speak to your body! Command your body to obey! To line up with the finished work of Jesus Christ! Call your body healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Sit down. We're going to do something now. But let me explain quickly. Give me on the screen. Give me the power of God is here now. Get ready. Get ready. Give me Acts, Acts, uh, Acts 14 verse 7. Let me show you something. Acts 14 verse 7. Quickly. Glory to Jesus. What you have just done now, you have shifted your own atmosphere. You have. You have, you have framed. You have framed your life with your words. Watch this. Watch this. And they were preaching the gospel there. They are preaching the gospel. Next verse. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Now go back. Go back to the verse before. Let me show you something. They were preaching the gospel there. In Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet, a cripple. Someone say cripple. From his mother's womb. He had never walked. Not once. Now, you all know how long it takes you to walk. It takes your, your children to walk. At least, maybe 10 months, even up to one year. Am I correct? Because they go through milestones. They have to sit down with support. Sit down without support. They have to stand up with support. Stand up without support. They have to walk with support. Walk without support. Time is going. They have to, then when they start walking, they start running, right? They start running, they start jumping. So they go through muscles. Why? The muscles have to be developed. The muscles are being developed. The brain is being developed. The nerves. So it takes time. This guy has never walked in his life. Never. So his muscles are atrophied. They're dried up. Nerves are dead. So this is a big miracle. Big one. Watch this. Next verse. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Stop there. Just stop there. No, go back. I didn't, look, say seeing that he had what? Faith to be healed. 
This man had faith to be healed, but he was still a cripple. He was still a cripple. But he had faith to be healed. Listen, guys, faith without works is dead. But I want to show you something. What kind of works do we do? Look at the next verse. The next verse. Then Paul said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. How do you tell a man who has never walked in his life to stand up on his feet? How? This is called the wisdom of God. Am I correct? Stand on your feet. The man did something that struck me. They told him to stand up. He disobeyed. Him. You know what the man did? He leaped and walked. Why? Because in his mind, what he saw was himself leaping and walking. He was not going to be limited by Paul. May you not be limited by the preacher. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, if you have, if you're here and you have any pain in your body, let me see your hands. Anybody? Stand up. Stand up quickly. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Anywhere you are, stand up. If you have pain, any pain in your body, stand up. Your head, your back, your waist, anywhere. Your tooth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, if you're here, you don't have pain in your body, but you have some kind of sickness in your body, right? Maybe you've been diagnosed with something. Stand up and join them. All right. I will give you an instruction now. If you obey my instruction, angels are here now. We're working in faith now. We're, this is called collaboration, right? I'll tell you to do something as you do it. The angels will start to minister to you immediately. You understand my point? Amen. Amen. Can you believe what I'm saying now? At the count of three, you will jump up eight times. Right? Can you do it? As you are jumping up, the angels will be ministering to you. By the eighth jump, you will notice a change. Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, three, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Shout, come on, shout, shout, shout. Shout, shout, shout. Shout! Woo! Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, thank him like you have it. Thank him. Thank him like it's done. Thank him like it's done. Thank him like it's done. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. Click on the link in our bio to be a part of the amazing journey of what God is doing here. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Till next time. Bye.